I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you pretty much flow with the goal. We're not here just to take part. We're here to take over. If you want to fight, let's fight right now. I guarantee you, man. You wake up on the ditch. Let's do it. Back looking at some martial, mixed martial arts after UFC card during the week and the fallout from the UFC card. I think this has been one of the biggest cards to talk about ever. Not just because of what happened on the day in the fights, but what happened the hours after the fights and all the announcements they released um, during it. It's amazing how much came out of this card. Yeah, and I think it's almost been a blessing in disguise for the UFC because the 200 card was up in the air with a few injuries and it wasn't finalized for a while. But um, um, usually they've had like one person to focus their marketing around, which was yeah. Connor or, or whoever else was the flavor of the day. But now you've got all these different angles that come out of it where you've got interest coming from different areas. So, um, yeah, I thought um, we'd do a bit of a podcast about it because we haven't known UFC for a while, being busy uh, with Josh having a kid and, <laughs> and just covering life footy. And, yeah, um, but big, big UFC cards coming up, so we decided we'd uh, just give a bit of a recap. And for the casual fans that aren't really keeping their nose to the ground, we've got a few, bit of information that are, uh, of the fallout from uh, UFC 199. Okay, so we'll start with some of the undercard on UFC 199. Um, so we won't go through all of the fights, but because it's just there's so much to cover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll start with uh, Kevin Casey and Elvis Mutapik. Um, yeah. When you coming in watching this one, you just expected a snore fest? Yeah, it's unfortunate because when you look at Kevin Casey, he looks like he could be a killer. Yep. And we look at, like, on paper, he should be feared. But it seems like he likes the idea of fighting, but in practice, it doesn't turn out that way. It's one of those things, you know, the old joke, you you screw one goat. <laughs> yeah. He'll forever be the man that gave himself a black belt. Yep, yeah. Um, but uh, it was funny, also, the last time he fought was against um, Bootface, Antonio oh. um, uh, Jr. Yeah, uh, Where I didn't see the fight, but no, I heard... It wasn't a fight. <laughs> no, I heard it ended with an eye poke early, and I said, I bet you Kevin Casey's the one that pulled the pin. Yep. And I was right. But anyway, yep. that's the way it goes. So uh, a draw was a good result, because neither deserved a win on this one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you, you want to go up to uh, Bruce Leroy and Cole Miller? Yeah, we'll start off there. Uh, the unfortunate thing about this is that um, we got it on Fox. We actually paid for this UFC card, yeah. so you know, that's something different. But it means we can get the Fight Pass uh, pre- uh, prelim Prelims. Uh, fights, which yeah. one of them got one of the bonuses of the night. So Yeah, the Marco Polo. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. Can't actually talk about that fight, but <laughs> it was one that kicked the dust off the octagon. So, um, yeah, we'll start off with the undercar, which was Bruce Leroy, a.k.a. Um, Alex Caceres versus Cole Miller. Um, interesting which Miller comes out because uh, uh, there's been was he the one walking down the aisle they actually point no no not me it's him I think it was too yeah was um, Cole, it's the I fa- can't remember if it was Cole because that clip was going around Reddit and 
couple of the uh, mixed martial arts forums, forums yeah, yeah, of like uh, dumb fuck ups from uh, amateur MMA journalists. Um, when Bruce Leroy went through the Ultimate Fighter house, he's not a guy you thought would still be around. No, uh, five years later. No, because um, I think he was the same year as like Jonathan Brookins, who you thought would. Be. Yeah, yeah, he was too. Um, yeah, it's amazing. He's um, carved a nice little niche out for himself. He's yeah. improved. Yeah, because it was a bit gimmicky when he was in the Ultimate Fighter House yeah, with these uh, whatnot, but he stuck to it. And I think the most impressive thing with this fight was that he actually was a late call-up, coming yep. in on, I think it was 11 days or something like Short that. Short notice. He looked in fantastic shape. Yeah. And so it just tells you that he's taken it serious and, he's, and his performance is indicative of that. Yeah. He looked like shredded. And um, yeah, Coleman had a deep armbar at the end as well. And it looked like he could have finished it. Yep. And um bit of determination from Bruce Leroy to get out of it and a bit of uh, the old flipping over and wiggling out of it but um, like it would have hurt too like he could have finished it from of course it would have but it's, it is one of those things where especially in the third round where you're all sweaty and slippery just yep. try and create something just yeah. move keep moving keep moving yep. there's going to be a gap somewhere you can slip out and especially in that situation where you're just on the edge of getting submitted there must be some part of you that's thinking fuck no man I've dominated this fight <laughs> to this point I've come in 11 I'm, days I'm nearly here now yeah I'm loose and he did he looked really loose really fluid looked um, relaxed and there's no way I'm giving it up to a late armbar where it almost had you out. That, that's definitely him, though, isn't it? Loose and relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's easy to um, have that removed from your game when you're under the, the big lights. Yeah, yeah. It's never been a problem for him. And his problem was um, when he was first starting was that he wasn't, uh, he got backed up too easily. But now he's become a bit more elusive. And it looked like that um, Miller misjudged the reach of uh, Bruce Leroy because he was always just connecting on the very end of his straight lefts. Very much that's his go-to, though. He's, he's always had that reach advantage yeah. against whoever he's fighting. Yeah. But, you know, when you come up against another lanky fucker... Yeah, exactly. And the angles that he works. So, um, But the thing is, I remember reading... Uh, I can't remember who it was, but they're talking about their reach. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I always under undersell my reach so when it, on my official records my reach is about three inches shorter oh, right. so that every time someone's going to prepare for me they try and get people who have got the same reach as me it's not really reach three inches yeah, shorter. I'm going to connect on the end of my jabs it's so. one of those things where it's so great you want to tell everyone but as soon as you tell yep. everyone you, you've sold the goose <laughs> exactly so uh, I wonder if Bruce Leroy might have employed that sort of tactic or something because it looked <laughs> like Miller was like he could see them coming and he looked like he was doing what he was supposed to be doing to get out of the way but they were just still connecting so <laughs> um, wasn't Uriah Faber that did that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, made, he made a few, he made a few more mistakes as well. Um, but, uh, a good, a good uh, unanimous decision. I mean, sometimes the decision you go, well, one of them's got to win, don't they? But it's yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, Bruce Leroy's yep. got this one. But I mean, Bruce Leroy got the first two rounds. Well, first round was pretty competitive. Second round convincingly. Third round he had it, but there's still exciting fights with the yep. submission attempts from Miller and uh, Miller's both Miller brothers are always dangerous on the ground so it was good to see both of them have chances in a very swinging match and yeah. still happy to see Bruce Lowry win it because he's sort of on the up as opposed to going to the twilight of his career okay uh, how did you see the battle of the Jessicas um, battle is a strong word because that <laughs> means two people are fighting really um, so we had uh, Jessica the puncher and Jessica the punching bag Pretty much. And the thing with Jessica Penner, she comes with uh, a wrestling background. I think yep. she was Olympian or something, or very, like, a prestigious... High level. I, I know nothing about men's wrestling, let alone women's <laughs> wrestling, so I don't know if there's a huge drop-off in talent when it comes to that, but um, she just looked completely outclassed. And Jessica, apparently it's Andrade, it's uh, some Brazilian terminology um, or something. Andrade? Andrade, yeah. Yeah, so she was in that show with Adrian Grenier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Entourage. <laughs> um, she's coming down from uh, the strawweights. Uh, not strawweights. The, what's the 135 women's? Bantams. Bantams, yeah. She was dropping down. And they showed pictures of her in bantamweight 
she looked like she was still too small and a little bit unfit. Yep. And when she dropped down here, she looked like a fucking killer. Like her yeah. shoulders, she she would she'd go in the Western Bulldogs team, I reckon. Like she'd fit in the middle, and um, she just lit her up on the feet. And with Jessica Penne just backing straight up and covering up against the cage, it was it was over. Like you you realize she had no counter for what what the pressure she was. I, think, I remember in a women's fight in, at the Melbourne card, uh, one of the undercards fights, where yep. um, the volume of punches thrown just never gave the opponent a chance to, okay, what can I do? Yeah. It felt a little bit like that as well. It's just yeah. something's coming, I've got to block this, got to block this, and you never get a chance to actually you know, go on offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, if you can keep up that pace, all the power to you. But. Exactly. And I mean, when you really lack, when your skills on the standing up uh, are that lacking, you get exposed when you're facing someone who that's their strength. And yeah. especially in like, that division is still finding itself at the moment as well. Yeah. So you're finding people who are, are figuring out that that's the actual weight division and the other ones who are figuring out they were good for the people who were there at the start, but yeah. they're sort of dropping off now. And it's, it's becoming actual mixed martial arts, not people who have been specialized in some other martial art and then come, come to it pretty one dimensional. Um, so, but a bit interesting thing with this is if Jessica Andrade, uh, I mean, it's not really a long wait to fight um, JJ for the mm. title in the straight because she's dishing people up. Yeah. So, if you had two strikers like that, I think it would be a, a fantastic matchup to see. Well, when does JJ fight next? Is she at 201? She's fighting Claudia Gadella at. No, this the. Uh, yeah, kind of it's 201. Yeah, yeah, because the Ultimate Fighter finale actually has a big fight on it, but I can't remember. We'll probably get to yep. that later on. Yeah, yeah, okay. it must be two or one or or one. Or the, the finale, it could be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there could be. You reckon that she's looking for titles for her next one? I think it'll depend what happens with um, Claudia and JJ. Because if if to be honest, I think if Claudia wins, she's obviously got good ground skills coming out of Brazil. Um, I think she'll have the skills to be able to uh, defeat Andrade. Uh, comfortably because Andrade um, well I don't, don't know how strong she's on the ground because we didn't yeah, see it didn't see it but uh, Claud- Claudia's coming from a pretty strong background I, I so think if, if Claudia wins though I think JJ will get an auto um, yeah. rematch although it hasn't been an auto rematch for a little while it hasn't uh, been for a while but yeah. you're struggling for competitors in that, that division especially when it's still firing itself so yeah. and they've still got some people to come across from a victor and fight there as well so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that but yeah Jessica Penne it's pretty hard to see what we do from here because they really need an, uh, a weight division in between the strawweight and the bantamweight division. It's too big of a gap. They're trying to get a third, aren't they? There's been a lot of talk about it. I don't know if it's actually like a 105 or some shit. Oh, they got an Adam. Yeah, yeah, they probably are, yeah. And I mean, the obvious one is do the 145 because they've already got a victor. Well, and you've got Cyborg. And, and Ronda's sit on the bench, so... Yeah. Sort of makes sense. And there's awesome fights at that weight category. Because if you look at it, Holly Holm, she's a true 145er. Yeah. Misha Tate was a 145 champion at Strike Force. So you've got the talent already in your organization. Just put it back up there. You yeah. can you can sort of... People are struggling to figure out where they fit in. Like Even chicks like Beck Rawlings in that way, I think should be the one in the middle. You know yep. what I mean? She's a bit too big for the uh, straw weights and a um, bit too small for the... For the Bantam, so but it's, it's interesting though because like the one thirty fives now, you can look at it and go, okay, that's a stacked division, almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas you still go, okay, there's JJ and who, who's who's next? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. You, you're waiting for um, Nunes to to come up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's on a bit of a tear lately? She is. Um, I don't think we're going to see. Uh, oh, is Nunes one thirty five or she one fifteen? Can't remember. Oh, no, she's one fifteen for, oh, right. for for JJ. That's what I mean. The the JJ's division, yeah, oh, right, right, is yeah. a little bit yeah. light. Yep. Um, you go, okay, you got a, a couple there, but maybe, yeah. the, maybe some one thirty fives are looking at it like, oh, can I yeah. get that low? 
Um, but, uh, you know, Paige Van Zandt, I don't think we're going to see around for, for much longer after exactly. you know, Dancing with the Stars is probably paying more money for it now. Well, there's some rumours going around that um, WWE want her to do an appearance on SummerSlam in some aspect. Bit of a trade-off for the Brock, uh, give him a fight in the Octagon. I definitely think we'll be talking more about that crossover We will, on. so we'll go into that. Um, it could very well happen, but uh, it's, I don't know... The uh, female WWE contestants look a lot different than Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah. Misha Tate could fit in. Yeah, it's, well, Cyborg, she could jump in there. But I think maybe, I don't know. Okay, some of the men look like Cyborg. Yeah, maybe she could, I don't know, they'd be able to script something for her I'm which sure is a badass, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think it'd be good for both both organizations anyway. Exactly. Um, on to Dariush and James Vick. Um, again, a, another first round rush. Um, this one, but some nice crisp punching. Yeah, it was. It was um, one I was looking forward to as well because we James Vick's been on. I think he's like on a four fight win streak or something. Or he was on a three fight or something like that. Yep. He beat Jake Matthews in. I think it was in Australia. Got him with that guillotine. Big guillotine. Yeah, yeah, that was a good fight too. And he maybe won a couple more. Um, yeah, but I thought Vick was doing good work in the first round. He seemed to be putting those uh, leg uh, body kicks. Uh, into good position and chopping down the front leg because Darius is just so huge and strong wrestler. I think it's Iran or Iraq or somewhere in the Middle East. So, you know, if somebody's coming out of those countries, you're like, yeah, okay, they fucking know how yeah. to fight. <laughs> <laughs> They've had to fight for a fair while, I reckon. Yeah. That's it. You look at Russia and um, yeah, the Middle East and you're like, yep, yeah, wrestlers. Yep. <laughs> so when you look at Darius, he's so huge and stacked across the shoulders that you're like, all right, he's got one strategy and you know what that's going to be. Yep. But um, yeah, I thought Vic, he started off well, um, but he ended up getting a bit uh, stuck in his feet. And he backed yeah. straight up. And when he backs up, he has his head sticking straight up. And um, when they were against the fence, he was trying to get a, a tie clench yep. going for a while. And he just couldn't get it right because he backed up against the fence. He needed to let it go, try and whiz her off and get around. He's throwing some nice combos, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, he was looking good, actually. But the eye pokes is what really sort of yeah. halted any momentum going. So it was really hard to tell how the fight was going to turn out because you had some action it was back and forth and then eye poke and you're like eh. and you look at the replay like it's pretty bad eye poke it's a good one yeah, yeah. And if then, you're going to eye poke someone yeah then he comes out swinging you're like another eye poke you're like yeah. well I mean to be honest you're already at a disadvantage whether you like it or not yeah. but even at, obviously you can't just give up no. so you got to go out there and it looked like that was the worst thing to do because it pissed him off and he came out just swinging <laughs> even ate a ate a body kick from James Vick and then just I think it was a left hook or a left yep. cross or something just flatlined him I want this yeah, yeah. You see him afterwards, after the second eye poke, he's like, you fucking kidding me? No, that's it. This ain't going any longer. Uh, it is good to see um, the, the the recipient of the eye poke get up. Yeah. Because then it's just like, well, there is no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And you forget that these are in the lightweight division as well, because Darius is a pretty big looking dude. Massive. He could easily be welterweight. And um, I mean, look at the welterweight division, that's stacked, but the lightweight division is stacked now as well. And you've got something like that coming up. Um, so the last of the undercard then. Um, T-City uh, taking yeah. on Clay Guida. Interesting fight because um, I haven't seen the scorecards, but yep. I, I had it for Clay um, yep. uh, when before that uh, that big knee came okay, yeah. yep. Um I'll take it. Did he attempt a takedown? I oh, know. I didn't see a takedown. I think um, Guida knocked him down. Yeah. I think it was in the first and they had a little bit of back and forth. I think he might have tried to go for a guillotine as well. A big up kick, didn't he? Yeah. Well? Yeah. But um, yeah, didn't try and go to the ground either. Um, took he, took his time. I, I, even watching the third round, I was like, "Now, now, go for something. Go for something. Yeah. Why, what do you got to lose? If, yep. if you get knocked out, so be it." Yeah. But, well, um, even, even in the first round, where he was stuck against the cage, and I mean, he's, he nicknames T City Triangle City, so mm. obviously triangles are his thing. 
and I, I looked up a couple of his other fights, and he does have some pretty good triangles. But it was just he does. <laughs> it was just the variation where you pivot around, so you can almost hook the leg, and you yep. get that like second tier action as opposed to a hedge trim action or fucking whatever you call it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I know for layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you just clamp down on it. Yeah. And so I, I was not surprised, but I thought maybe he might try and pull guard against the cage like that because you can trap there and um, work your triangles at your awesome mat. But, yeah, and, and try and work up. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, just it just goes to show, like, one knee. Yeah. Um, yep. And it was just luck or good timing, it doesn't matter. It yeah. lands just as hard. Yeah. And uh, I was saying to you while we were watching this fight, um, I don't think there's ever been a fighter and the contracts he's on that you've got better value out of than Clay Guida. Yeah, he, yeah. He's right up there. The, the only other one I can think of is somebody like uh, Chris Lieben. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just, you know what you're going to get. Yep. Um, you know he's not going to gas out. Um, he's never going to embarrass himself. Yeah. He's going to come prepared. He's going to rush the ring like the ultimate warrior um, and just be yeah. energy from, from the first bell. And I mean, he's coming out of the WEC organization that UFC yeah. bought to when they opened up their lower ranks. And that whole organization have just been awesome in the UFC. When you look at who came out of there, even Chael was in WEC for a yeah. while in middleweight, which you forget. But um, yeah, I, 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 apparently uh, Guida was one of his heroes growing up. They looked up to. Said and it so, a lot. Yeah. I thought maybe that was the reason why some sort of respect that you sit there and go toe-to-toe. Showing too much respect, you think? Um, well, not well, the one, so... When you look at Guida, you know you're in for an exciting fight. Yeah. So maybe he's like, look, I mean, he's my hero. He loves going toe-to-toe. I could try and take it down and make it a bit boring or extend toe-to-toe, get some bonus cash and... Go toe-to-toe yeah, with Clay Guida. Have, have respect to my heroes. And have something to tell the yeah. grandkids. Uh, like we're saying when we're watching the fight, the thing about Clay Guida is that he can't fake... Like, there's no hiding getting hit. <laughs> he's got the wrestler hairstyle. Yeah, exactly right. Just he's got the hitman heart uh, hairstyle. So as soon as he gets hit, you just see these big beads of sweat come off his... <laughs> of his uh, so um yeah it was that knee that finished it off and i mean brian's on the up and up and guida's making some cash and it's always gonna be an exciting fight and um yeah it was a fun fight to finish off the undercard it was a good stoppage actually it was a, a lot of stoppages on the card yeah. and there was a few of like oh was that early and then you look at yeah. Luke like nope nope yeah. perfect well exactly in the context of that that last round is they started letting go at two minutes to go yeah so i mean if they had have gone to the decision they would have both been knackered yeah um, but no, another great win. It sounds um, almost a little bit weird, but I'm glad that Ortega won because it means more to his career yeah. than a yep. win for Clay Guida does. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, he's he's bulletproof pretty much. He's Clay still Guida. pretty young too, I think, Brian Ortega. I, think he's like, he's I, I don't early, think he's 30. I think he's might be early 20s. Um, yeah, 25. 25, yeah. So he's just yeah. starting to get his prime. And keeps the, the big zero next to his uh, lost column. So yep. um, that's always exciting uh, for him. So, on to the main card. Um, Dustin Poirier um, dished up Bobby Green. Bobby Green loved to talk in the ring. Yeah, well, I think Bobby Green's strategy was um, maybe like some sort of homage to Muhammad Ali, like (laughs) trying to punch himself out. Unfortunately, he's not Muhammad Ali, and those punches land on his head. (laughs) What I will say, like, you can say, all right, it's good to see the loudmouth get hit. After the fight, after he's been beaten, Still talking. Yeah. So, like, oh, man, you got me, like, man. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, good on you, champ. So it's not an act. It's just you. Yeah. And I mean, that's been Bobby Green style for strike force, I think. Since so he's just going to stand up, bang, talk shit. So, um, it, yeah. It's definitely natural. It's not manufactured to sell tickets. Yeah. It's just, that's who he is. He's exactly. Run with it. And I mean, Poirier's got some pretty sweet jiu-jitsu as well. So, but he's jumped up to, uh, what was this fight? At? Lightweight. Is it his first one? 
no, he's jumped up from lightweight since he, Conor McGregor beat him in featherweight division. Yep. Where he looked just a bit too lean. And McGregor was so big for a, a featherweight that there wasn't a lot he could do. But yeah. when he's up at lightweight, he looks a lot bigger. It looks like he's a true fit for that division. I think he's won four in a row since he's been lightweight division. Yeah. So that's his fourth. So he's enjoying it. Yeah. And I mean, when you knock out someone like Bobby Green, um, when you're jumping up from what your original weight division was, then you're obviously doing something right. It's a big thing to go up a division and still have knockout power. Yeah, exactly. And especially where you had to rely on your jiu-jitsu when you were at the weight division below because you didn't have that strength to, to knock people out. I mean, you got knocked out by McGregor, who is a a, a tired 145-er. He has to almost... Yeah, but know. he's knocked out nearly everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he definitely has knockout power. There's, there's no uh, no shame in that. Yeah. Um, it, again, another great win, but I, I think... Um, it, hurts Bobby a little bit but I think he can still come back from that at the end of the yeah. day it was a good crisp couple yeah. on the chin it's going to do you in any time and I think both of them are probably outside of or maybe Poirier might be outside of the top 10 for that weight division it's pretty stacked so yeah. I mean you don't hurt yourself by having these losses you you do yourself good by having good fights yeah, exactly. in that sort of even area. if it was so, only a couple of minutes yeah so. but definitely a, a feather in the cap for Poirier he stepped up to the lightweight and looked awesome it certainly set the mood for the for the main card. And next we had Dan Henderson. He's old. Did you know that? Did you um, know he was old? Apparently, he um, he's actually signed the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so I've been told. Um, it is amazing when you go back to like some of the cards that he started on with, even with the UFC. Yeah. Um, back in yeah, it was like UFC like forty and so sure that. And think... Plus, it was in Pride as well. No, it went Pride first, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you can check. Um. But again, and it was always going to be an explosive uh, fight. There was never going to be a decision. Mm. Um, it was Hector Lombard for a start. So yeah. Um, but the thing is, with no TRT, Dan Henderson has been sort of looking a bit lacking. And this was Hector stepping up to the middleweight division for the first time. It looked like to make to make the one eighty five pounds look like his his body just invented muscles yeah. just to put some weight on because he just looked like a fuck. He looked like the He Man dolls you get when you're a kid. Um, yeah, I, th- I was just had to go check this because I thought it was right. He fought at UFC 17, Dan Henderson. Jesus. So back when they had more than one fight a night. Yeah. Um, that's how, how far back he goes. Um, but yeah, um, Hector Lombard, interesting fighter. Um, like yep. I say, he's gone up because uh, uh, as much as the new weight cutting laws and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. you know, no IVs and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yep. So he was always big for his division. He was yeah. never going to stay there. Um, he's always going to have a little asterisk next to his name. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's not the only fighter out there, <laughs> but you know, he's had a few, um, mandated sits on the sideline yeah. and that kind of stuff, but he's always going to have that knockout power. And when he got to side control on, uh, Hendo, yeah. when he's down, he's going for the crucifix. You yep. thought, geez, this is going to hurt. Yep. But uh, in typical Hendo fashion, just never give up. And like you say, exactly. keep moving. You'll, yeah. you'll find a gap. Yep. As long as you've got two feet and a heartbeat, you yeah. can swing punches. So he's like, he's look, he's got to be at least four-fifths Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about the heartbeat all the way through it, too. I reckon yeah. it stopped once or twice. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, with Lombard, to be honest, I mean, it looked like in that crucifix position that he had, uh, he looked like he could have done those... Um, Back elbows yeah. himself and finish the fight right there and then. I was looking at it thinking, why does he do that? I mean, it's brutal. It's looked like he's he's waiting for the perfect shot. Yeah, yeah. Where you know he's trying to get everything in position. Yep. Now I'm going to lay off. Yeah. Where I don't know if you start giving some of those elbows, the position might improve as you go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, one of those elbows lands. That's it. Yeah, exactly. If if he goes to sleep for a second, 
Yeah. All right, it's it's over. You know? Exactly. Um, anyway, he's got uh, the rest of his career to think about that. Yeah, but that, that's why I thought that if he, he was maybe been a bit too technical. You know what I mean? He's trying to be, he, yeah. He should take a page out of uh, Rumble Johnson's handbook where he stopped trying to um, cut down weight divisions and all yeah. that sort of shit. He's just like, look, I've got two rounds in me. I go out there, and if you can stand everything I've got, good luck to you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a, a lot of what he does. He says, yeah. I'm going to win this in the first round, or I'm not yeah. winning. But the other funny thing was, um, I mean, Hendo did the damage with a, a high kick, a head kick. Yes. It, and the thing is, do you remember his head kick, in, his head kick attempt in yeah, the say, first? It wasn't his first head kick attempt. Yeah. <laughs> he had a few old man ones first. Yeah, in, his first, in the first round. We laughed at it because it looked so laboured. Yeah. It's so like, it looked like Pinocchio trying to throw a... a front kick or something it looked like he'd heard of a head kick yeah it looked like if he actually reached his head he might be in danger of throwing his hip out or something yeah so then he landed that one like oh shit maybe he was just playing with us uh, it's I'm really glad that this was a pay-per-view too so Rogan was on the mic yeah because he loves Hendo yeah and it comes through in his voice he well. loves Hector too <laughs> hey man he loves the uh, the freak show that is Hector yeah but I, I think uh, called it while we were watching this one and I think everybody else was the same if Hendo makes the bell, he wins. Yeah. All he had to do was last that first yep. round because you knew that Hector's spent a lot of tickets. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, Hector should have finished him the first, to he be honest. Have. He it, had it every sh- chance to. It should have been over. So, I mean, you go back and look at it and, I mean, you missed opportunity there. But, I mean, if he's going to stay in the middleweight division, then he's only going to get better in that middleweight division. I don't know. How long does Hector hang around for? Not very long. He's like 37 or something, 38. But he looks like he's, I don't know, just coming out of high school or something. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, he's... We're going back a while to find his last win, Jake Shields at USC 171. Was that 14? So that was when he's still on TRT as well. Yeah, well and truly. So he hasn't won since he's... You're assuming he's off it. Um, so it's, it's been, a, been a while, but he's always had those... Um, like, when he got popped for drugs, he's always going to have that stigma behind him no yep. matter what. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the funny thing was in the post-fight press conference, after it all wrapped up, and um, there was a bit of a confrontation between Bispin and Rockhold. I'll talk about it later, but the stare that Hendo gave Bispin was fucking hilarious. Have you yeah. seen it online? Hungry eyes. Wasn't yeah, it? it was just, <laughs> like, just yeah, scary <laughs> as fuck. To be fair, though, I think that's what Hendo walks around like. Yeah, true. He's got a resting cunt face or whatever it is. <laughs> resting fuck you up face. <laughs> Pretty much. That's right. Well, it was in his um, Ultimate Fighter uh, season where he's like, he was coaching. Well, I beat him down when I can stare him down. Yeah, something like that. It's, something like it's one of his quotes, yeah. Anyway, yeah, gonna say it's just that's just how Hendo walks around. Yeah, um, I don't know what uh, Hector's um, contract situation is like, but you, you do get a feeling he needs to win his next one. Yeah, if he gets the next one. Well, here's something interesting: is that since they've just lifted the embargo on Cuba yep. for tourism there. Not too crazy to think that they would have a UFC in Cuba because they're huge sports fans and they're big motherfuckers, man. And they they like to few, fight. And they've got a few um, big names yeah. that can headline that card. And, I mean, he, uh, Hector has also spent time in Queensland. He trained there for a few years, lived there for a yep. while. So he's um, the adopted Aussie that whenever there's an Australian car, they try and chuck him on there. Exactly. You yeah. know, Ben 10, New yep. as well. Um, I don't think we have any really Australian-born people in the UFC, do we? Jack, Ma- Jack Matthews. Jack Matthews. There we go. Of course we Fucking do. good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I think Robbie Whittaker's local. I don't think he was born in in New Zealand. Um, I'll have to check that later on. Yeah, I think he might be, just just because if, if he isn't, it's not going to offend him, he's not going to smash him. So. <laughs> uh, Whittaker yeah. seems pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know, New Zealanders, man, they, they don't like being uh, mis- misrepresented. Oh, 
bugger it, get used to it. Mm-hmm. Have a bigger identity outside of rugby then. <laughs> um, Hendo uh, flirted with the idea of retirement after the fight. Yep. I, I would not um, be disappointed if he if he pulled the pin. No. That's a hell of a way to go out. No. And he's got nothing to prove. But it. that staring down of Bisping, uh, maybe one thing he wants. Yeah, probably get another shot of that. But I think there's a few blokes in, in, in front. It'll um, be a high seller, but no, yeah, it's not ever going to happen. And I mean, this doesn't really do much for him because Hector's coming up, a weight division. There's still Hector yeah. Lombard, but it's not like, what, what's the next fight? You don't make yeah, anything yeah. out of this, really. It's a great highlight. Yeah. What more does he need? And look, if he wants to do a couple of um, victory tour fights with like old foes or whatever, I still watch it because I still like watching Hendo fight. You know what I mean? Fatal. Used to the draw. Yeah, Fatal. Well, apparently he's going to be on UFC Fight Pass or something yeah. for his next fight. Apparently, but I mean, <laughs> deals aren't necessarily deals with uh, the Ruskies, so... <laughs> and the Fatitas. Fet- yeah, that's true, actually. Gangster <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, but no, uh, if he does bow out, a great highlight to bow out on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Max Holloway and Ricardo Lamas. What a fight. Yeah. Um, uh, great that both guys were of the same mind. Yep. Um, Holloway's reach was always going to be trouble. Yep. Um, and he, he used it really well. Yeah. But I did love, uh, I think everybody pointed out at the end when it's like, all right, we're going? Yeah. We're going. Especially like, it's not like when they said a nod, they like pointed to the ground in the middle and went, right, right here, all right, right, here's where we do it. And then just sock them, bop them, <laughs> yeah, robots. It was, it was great, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It, it's, both fighters were just, well, this is it. Um, it was no doubt that Holloway was going to get the decision. Yeah. Um, on, on that, so for him to say we're going to do it anyway, exactly, it just says how much of yeah you know, he wants to put on a show. He wants the extra money. He wants yep. to finish. And especially a great competitor. in the Connor division, I mean, you got to sell fights. You can make a lot of money. So yeah, exciting fights are almost just as good as uh, losses. So well, wins more important than anything. Yeah. Um, when you've got the UFC that isn't uh, beholden to a an agency or a governing body you know they make their own rules exactly yeah and at the end of the day you're selling a a um an entertainment business exactly it's show business exactly <laughs> show they're putting on a show business and he's on a what's that one two three nine? four five six seven eight nine fight win streak in the featherweight division after um losing to connor when maybe Connor's third or fourth fight. Yeah. After that, he's just, yeah, I mean, it seems yeah. like Connor dishes people up there, motivates the hell out of him because you've got Poirier who's just jumped up to the uh, lightweight and he hasn't lost yet. Uh, and like you say, nine fight win streak. What have we got? Three decisions? Yeah. Four. Three or four decisions. Four about that, yeah. But his stand-up is exciting. He's light on his feet. You know, his angles are good. The way he uh, uh, parries out of the way is very, um, very advanced for that division. Yeah, you know, he hasn't fought nobody's either. I exactly, mean, yeah. Cole Miller, Cub Swanson, yeah. Oliviera. Um, Jeremy Stevens, who just fucked up Hannah Brow. Yeah. So um, so he's got some big names on there. I mean, where does he sit now? He's got to be behind that <laughs> stack division. <laughs> the problem is he's just waiting for, for the sort of bottleneck ahead of you to sort itself out because Connor's gone up to 170. And so everyone's stuck with Frankie waiting to fight Jose at 200. And Connor maybe comes back. So... There's people who are in line, and well, the people, there's like four people who deserve it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you've still got Chad there as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's the most stacked division at the minute. Yep. Yeah, it'd have to go close. And that's why it's so frustrating that the title's just been out of the picture. Yep. Um, for really shitty reasons. Oh, the other thing, talking about uh, the weight divisions, uh, this was the first UFC. It was in California. Yeah. And um, they've changed the protocol for weight divisions. And this because it was under the California State Athletic Commission, not Nevada, um, the guy who runs it, his name's Andy Foster. He used to be a mixed martial artist. 
then he was a, a referee, I believe, and then he was a judge. So familiar. Yeah, yeah. He did like the, the proper apprenticeship to get to that position, yeah. uh, specifically for mixed martial arts. And what he changed was instead of having the weigh-ins at 4 p.m. the day before the fights, like they usually do, uh, have it on stage with the show, they changed it so that you can weigh in from 10 a.m. through to the 4 p.m. Yep. And they'll still have their weigh-in on stage at 4 p.m., but it's so, not the legit weigh-in. So essentially, you could weigh in six hours earlier yeah. and then rehydrate. Exactly. So you can start yeah. rehydrating, you know, essentially yeah. six hours before you normally would. Yeah, exactly. Well, anything to sort out the severe weight cuts, because we've yep. had a couple of athletes dying from it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, never mind what damage it's actually doing to them yep. fighting dehydrated. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been one of those hardest things to try and regulate to get fighters to fight at their actual weight yeah so is it now they've also introduced you've got to do the test to see your hydration levels yeah on fight day yeah on it's fight called day. a gravity test but i don't understand the mechanics like, i don't understand of it. that but i think yeah. it's used in other sports yeah probably some reason be, i want yeah. to say sumo but i don't think that that yeah. doesn't sound right but i don't know why anyway um so it's good to see that there are some uh progress yeah. somewhere and the thing is when you look at the fighters who either for a late call up or whatever fight at around their normal um weight they fight better of course they do so it's almost like a, a trick of the mind where you think because i'm going to be bigger going down to a yeah. smaller weight i'm going to be able to smash people but yeah, there's still something about your longevity and your stamina and your ability to take a punch when you looked at um hen and brow first jerry stevens i mean hen and brow was lying on his feet uh in the first round and you know putting his punches in but then jeremy stevens was clocking him right on the chin and like a lot of times and he still took it all and yeah. he got knocked out twice by tj dillashaw, dillashaw. Yeah. so i mean that's got up one weight category and and he took jeremy stevens best punches yeah so yeah it's good to see and it, i mean all the fighters loved it as well they said that all bar two weighed in at 10 a.m on the yeah. dot and which, two that didn't were in by 11 yeah which is fantastic yeah. it shows that the yep. it's uh suiting the athletes better exactly yeah just what you want yep um so, uh, for mine, also, it was one of the fights of the night, even though it went to the uh, yeah. decision. It just goes yep. to show you don't need a finish for the fight to be yeah, um, um, a, a good spectacle. Yeah, I mean, they were trying, too. Yeah. Um, on to the first of two um, title fights for the night, um, and it was uh, a masterclass, really, yeah. from Dominic Cruz. Yeah. I was watching, I thought... You know, he had the strapping on the ankle. And some of his kicks, I thought, oh, he's going into that weird. Yeah. But no, it just looked like that's what he was... It was it, his technique. It was, it was a strategy. Like, because you see when he almost threw like a half-hearted, um, almost like an oblique kick, but his yeah. leg was straight, like wooden, like, yeah. like he had an injury in his hip or something like that. Even in the setup. Yeah. But then after that, he'd plant on it and then cut this really weird angle to his left and stick a uppercut or like a... like switching to his left and just throwing a little uppercut out there. And yeah. So it was like a strategy where he mixes up like that and just angles that are really just weird to hit. All his movement for the fight which just looks so different. Yeah. And he's, he's next level when it comes to um, the the theory he puts behind his the footwork. The thinking game of it. He, yeah. Obviously, like we've seen it when he was um, an analyst for two years without fighting. Yep. Yep. He, the way he thinks about and what he sees yeah. um, is just phenomenal. And he's the first one to admit as well. He said his hands are, are small. He's got small wrists so they always yep. break so he's like, I mean, I can't go out there and start swinging from the start because you know, I break my hands and I'm fucked. Uh, and, keep swinging though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just and the people were contra- thought that the TJ fight was controversial. It was pretty sh- black and white. It was yeah. three, maybe four to one rounds, two or three rounds. But it's just because the technique that he uses is not conducive to entertaining a very casual fan. Yeah, it's very technical, GSP ish. Yeah, and it's always like, well, it's not like, but the similar reaction you saw to. 
everyone rocking up to watch Manny and Floyd, and then we're yeah. going, no, no, uh, Manny fucked him up, Floyd didn't do shit. And you're like, dude, yeah. like, back out and touch him, and that's yeah, the way that, that Floyd wanted it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a Floyd fight yeah, from the start. Yeah. And you're right, this was a cruise fight from yep. the start. I'm glad that um, one or two of the judges did score it 4-1 to one rather yeah. than 5-0, because I thought Uriah did put his, he got his licks in. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he definitely didn't win, and yep. he wasn't thinking that he won. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't um, complete domination no. as much as Cruz never was really in trouble. Yeah, and that was the thing was where Uriah, he just couldn't get two punches in a row because yeah. he'd land one and then Cruz was sort of out of the way. He didn't manage to plant him on his ass and uh, where he could ground and pound him. His reach as well um, yeah, yeah. played a, a yep. big part in it. But yep. um, it's not just that he's got that reach advantage, but because he is so smart in yeah. the way how he uses it. Yeah. It, it, it was a masterclass. It was showing that he is that far ahead of yeah. this division still. Yeah. And I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and he said something interesting about it where all in the pre-flight lead up, Uriah was like, you know, I don't have to worry about him knocking me out. You know, his punches are weak. He's got pillow fists. And yep. every, last time we fought, you know, or the first time we fought, I knocked you on your ass. You know, I'm going to do it again. Yep. And so he went in there with the mentality that he couldn't get knocked out. And in the first round, when he got landed on his ass from, a, I think it was a straight left or something. Yep. And then Brogan was saying, it's just a quick realization where, holy shit, like everything I was training, the, the core theory of my training yep. is wrong. And like 25 minutes isn't long enough to figure it out, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to cover another game plan. So, especially when the way Cruz fights, because he changes things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like um, in footy, um, preparing for wet weather, you know, it's going to be a wet day. And then, oh shit, we're playing at Etihad. Yeah. Yeah. Like the game's different. <laughs> it's right. It's North Melbourne. They leave the roof open. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, the, I mean, who fights Cruz next? Well, I mean, if you look at the interest, you've got to have DJ. Like, yeah. Honestly, DJ has to get out of the flyweight division because he's too good. They've both cleaned out their divisions. Yeah. And Dominic yep. Cruz has done it in record time because he was on the shelf yeah. for exactly for so long. And especially when he was on the shelf, the people who were contesting for that belt, you had Brow, you had TJ, uh, Uriah was up there as well, all those killers. They were talking about that being the stacked division, them the best. And he's just come back, never lost his belt, no. and just blitzed them. I mean, they had to take it off him, though. He was out yeah, for that bloody of course. Run. But, I mean, I'd like to see that fight, too, because DJ is, again, he's cleaned out his division. Yeah. There's nothing left for him yep. there. But is he just too small for Cruz? Yeah, he is. Yep. So it's going to be very interesting, though. It's going to be interesting. But DJ is so progressive. And, he, he, and I mean, when you talk to the... When you read what the people who are on the, in the know yep. talk about, they say Matt Hume is just a master when it comes to strategy. And he said DJ is just the, the exact right student for him to yep. be able to impart his knowledge and have it executed as he has it in his head. So, I mean, DJ has always got a chance against anyone. Do you know what I mean? What about, uh, does Cruz go up a weight division? I don't think he can. I don't no. think he can go up and survive at the 155. Um, I think, yeah, he's a true 135, I think. So I think he will always stay there. Um, Uriah, you don't really know what you do with him. I think there's not really any fights left for him, to be honest. Unless, actually, there's TJ. He fights TJ, then yeah. he retires. Um, he's the Stuart McGill. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'd be one of the all-time greats, yep. if not for Dominic Cruz. And Stuart yeah. McGill would be one of the all-time greats, if not for Shane Ward. Exactly, yep. Um, it's just one of those things. Yeah, and they still got um, Cody Garbrandt in Team Alpha Male, so maybe you can... <laughs> Switch off to a bit of coaching and... Speaking of the uh, post-fight presser, there was a lot of barbs there thrown for Cruz, wasn't he? About, it was, uh, yeah. He's pretty bitter. About Faber uh, pushing his own men. Yeah, well, it was just taking like... A percentage. Yeah, it was like Cruz was um, so ready to be offended 
Yeah. By whatever Fave would say. So he's like, you know, I, I've trained hard, a good team behind me, you know, so we always work hard. And so Cruz was, like, in his head he would say, all right, he's trying to say that my team aren't as good as his. Yeah. And so then he'd be like, yeah, i got good guys here. And he's right, he does. It's, but it's like, it, he wanted, it wasn't happy with blood. Yeah. He's like, I've yeah. already beaten you, now I want to take away your livelihood. Yeah. And the thing I is, I want to expose you. <laughs> thing is i love both those guys i think they're both awesome and so some part of you just wants them to make up <laughs> you know what i mean it's like guys you fought for fucking 10 years and i mean i mean Cruz is still champ but you're right, you're you're done so he's trying to make it up but Cruz is he's still in that competitive mode you know what i mean he's still alpha as fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good to see I, I do like that they can be um antagonistic in, in the uh, post-fight presence as opposed to yeah just taking it one fight at a time yeah that's never really happened exactly yep. yeah uh, which is good on to the main event. And I'm saying one of the biggest shocks ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's go back. We've had a lot of shocks in title fights in the last yep. 12, 18 months. Yep. Um, so we'll go all the way back to Holly Holm versus uh, Ronda Rousey. Go f- I, could, I could see Holly Holm winning that fight. Yeah. Um, as much as an underdog story it was. I think she was an 8-1 to one yep. shot or something like yep. that. Bisping was 10-1. to one. Yeah. And when we were... Waiting, waiting for them to come out. I was trying to think of ways that Bisping could win. Yep. And I was coming up short. I thought, if it goes five rounds, maybe he can eke it out. <laughs> yep. Knock out in the first, I didn't see. <laughs> see? Never. See, in, in my head, because I was kind of doing, going through the same process, but my resolution was, wouldn't it be nice to live in a world where the hard work, determination, and uh, persistence of a guy like Bisping gets the, world championship status? <laughs> the guy who has been beaten up by drug cheats yeah. for half of his yep. career. Every time he got close to a title yep. shot. But I still didn't believe we lived in that world. No. <laughs> it was, he could have gone five rounds, lost a decision, and it would be his rocky moment. Yep. And yeah, he could exactly. retire, ha- retire happy. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But instead, because um, even in the, all the lead up, you're like, nah, Rockhold's far too cocky, but he is good. Yeah. Like, he is well, too good him, anyway. He's big. Yeah. He's massive. Like, just look at his arms. They're fucking And, and you think that, you know, he's going to throw some head kicks and Bisping's going to block it and it's still going to hurt anyway. Yep. Um, so it was. He got his come up to, and he looked embarrassed. He was embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not just, uh, you know, he said afterwards that he wasn't happy that Bisping after the fight was still trying to push it. But I, I think yeah. you give give the bloke a little bit of leeway. He's just won the title. Uh, yeah. The adrenaline's <laughs> running high. Yeah. But, I mean. <laughs> now, even when he's doing his, uh, for starters, he's got to give him props. He did his post-fight interview in ring, yeah. in the Octagon yep. interview, which I didn't think. And he, he rocked up to the presser. Rocked up to the press. Always respect for a knockout E who rocks up the press. Yeah, you can't, can't not. That's just, unless you're being taken away in an ambulance. Yeah. Um, but he did it leaning against the cage. Yeah. I just found it weird. Like, that's how his mind was. Yeah. I, I can't, I literally did not think this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, again, going back to football analogies, reminded me of um, Bob and Thompson in 2008. <laughs> like, they planned the victory party. Yep. And yep. then they went, what? Like, oh, it's God, not happening. I guarantee you, Rockhold had a victory party planned. Yeah, for sure. And there'd be about twenty or twenty-five different whores in Vegas that are very disappointed. <laughs> the big dick swinging motherfucker, <laughs> whatever he called him. Um, but uh, Bisping, I've never seen more um, hardcore, long-time MMA fans rejoice at, yep. at a title victory. Yeah, because the thing is, Bisping isn't the most talented fighter. He's there from hard work and determination. Yep. So I think in some ways, he's the most relatable for like the fans. He's like, if Bisping can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? But he's the Charles Sonnen without the drugs. Yeah, but he doesn't have an eye and he's not going to get it fixed up until he finishes fighting. So it's as stupid as, as it is, bro. Yeah, that, that's like a it's bad amazing. motherfucker. 
and and even when Rockhold was in the uh, octagon and he saw after he got knocked out when he sort of came to and stood up and leaned against the fence and he's like no fuck like in that moment you know I'm about to eat a huge bag of dicks yeah. <laughs> like no, holy I, shit I think actually there's that 10 seconds where no 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 that doesn't count yeah like that no let's go again go again go again and you're like yep. no no it's over yeah it's over it's done and then it's like I've got to listen to this motherfucker yep I've got to stand there and watch him get that belt yeah. down his waist and that's it. I mean, when he was saying that, um, you know, you can tell a man's true characters by how he acts straight after you knocked out. The thing is, everyone's different. Everyone yeah. acts different in every situation. So, I mean, he's got to, if that's what he can use to rectify his hate for Bisping in that moment, then sure enough. But afterwards, like at the post-fight press conference, because um, Bisping was like, of course not, I just won a world championship. You yeah. know, I've been doing this for fucking how long? You you were surfing when I was doing this. and. Yeah. You know, I was happy, but then I said, you're a good fighter, and I shook your hand. And and, and everything about Bisping was, I want to go get my family. I want my family here right yeah. now. I want, you know, I want and I want to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the, the beer at the press conference. Yeah. Well, the funniest thing was is that Bisping, obviously, because after the fight, you do interviews, yeah. and as as new champion, you got more interviews, so you're usually five, ten minutes late coming into the press conference. And they start it, you know, with five, six people there, and people were sort of wondering. It, it sort of gives the, uh, the other fighters a chance to yeah. talk as well yeah but the funny thing is i can't remember if um they were talking about someone when they just lost to uh, aldo when he just got knocked out by mcgregor yeah and he's like you know i just couldn't believe you know yep. you know i looked out so how's if you and straight away Rockhold's like yeah well, imagine losing to michael fucking bisping <laughs> like it. oh my god so straight away he just knows that holy fuck i am not gonna leave this down he's like he's a, he's a maggot he's you yeah. know a straffer. i'm gonna i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna kill him I didn't realize Bisping was just behind the divider. Uh, to be honest, I don't think it would have made a difference yeah. either way. But <laughs> it was funny. Like you hear this like shout from the back. <laughs> hey, what the fuck's that shit? And Bisping walks out in a wife beater holding a beer with his belt. <laughs> Why Smiling. You? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the thing is, I'll be the first person to throw a few barbs at the English. But it, it's great when you see uh, a hardworking person like yeah. Bisping going there and against all the odds and all the adversity he's faced and all the drug cheats that he's faced. Yeah to get in there and beat someone like Luke Rockhold, which is a fucking killer. To almost have a career robbed by other people taking yep. drugs. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what happens from here on in. He could get knocked out and yep. you know, have one more fight, get yeah. knocked out in, in 20 seconds. Yeah. doesn't matter. Well, he's it, had the belt. And it's so funny, he's passed here, because obviously he's done so much hard work over so long years, but it just came together like that so quick. Like, you remember, it was supposed to be Anderson versus, I think it was supposed to be uh, Vitor in Brazil. Yeah. And it was supposed to be... Um, Bisping fighting Robert Whittaker in yes. London. Yes, it was. But then uh, uh, Vitor got injured. Then they put Uriah Hall in there. Yep. And I think Uriah got injured or Ennis got injured, someone. So they changed it to Bisping. So anyway, he's a late call-up for the silver fight. Yeah. Um, could have lost that fight. Exactly. Um, in the first or second. Third, I think. Third, was third, it? Third, yeah. Um, they got, got away with a victory. Yeah. And... and it was a win. He won was, that fight. He, he There's won. no controversy. I, I, I scored at him as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then late call up for this one yep. on, what they say, 17 days notice? Something like that, yeah. And I did like a lot of the talk, um, and Bisping said it himself, was might actually be to his advantage because yeah. it stopped him from overtraining. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a Cinderella story if there ever was. Yeah. And, and like we were saying before, where Bisping's someone that has to work hard for what he gets. Yep. And we look at the comparison to John Jones, who's just a freak athlete freak, yeah. and natural talent, where he said he didn't even hardly train for the Gustafsson fight. Yeah. He said he, he went down to Albuquerque like two weeks, three weeks to go or something, did fuck all, finished it with a broken toe or some <laughs> shit. 
Um, so, so yeah, so for something like Bisping, it makes sense because you must be thinking all the time, like, oh, I can see what my disadvantages are, but my advantages are work hard. And so yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to pull that back, it must be hard to do that. Um, it, I wonder what the reception is like back in the UK. I don't even know if he's back there yet. Oh, apparently, uh, I've not had, not been confirmed. Well, I haven't read it confirmed yet, but I read that apparently they're putting a um, victory tour for Bisping ah, good on. Um, around UK. So UFC putting foot in the bill for it and, yeah, making a big deal out of it. As you, as you should. As you should, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, a Manchester lad, if he doesn't represent sort of that, that working class of... of um, England, then yeah, who does? Especially since Man United isn't, uh, you know, winning championships exactly, at the minute. Yeah. So. And the funny thing is, is that I don't know, this, there seems to be not much related between Manchester soccer team and the working class of Manchester. You know what I mean? Whereas, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah they, they tend to earn a bit yeah. of cash. But I mean, Liverpool, yep, they represent the Scousers, you know? <laughs> um, so anyway, that uh, closes up the card, but there was a couple of massive announcements during the night. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll go from the start. Uh, I, I did have a cue to like, Put one out there when it actually happened in the in the card. Yeah. <laughs> Skipped over it. Yeah, never mind. Um, so Don Fry, for starters, gets uh, accepted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, do you think he'll get um, inducted with or alongside his mustache? Well, see, I've got this theory that um, Don Fry, Dan Seven, and Tom Selleck are all the same all person. The same person. Yeah. 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 So I think they're they're just uh, one of them. Rock up and you can take throw. Joey Ryan into that. Joey uh, Ryan. <laughs> Joey Ryan. You don't know Joey Ryan. No. You, you do know him, you just don't know his name. Right. He, he's the guy that uh, does the penis plex. Oh, Jesus. The yeah. professional wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's actually, I think he's the first professional wrestler sponsored by U-Porn. <laughs> no shit. Signed a U-Porn sponsorship. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. He's hilarious. Anyway, um, so th- that was great. Now, yeah. uh, the first big announcement on the night was uh, UFC 202. Um, you've got... Uh, the rematch for some reason yeah. of Nate Diaz and uh, yeah. Conor McGregor. I mean, the thing is, if you look at the forums, nobody wants this fight except for Conor McGregor. <laughs> oh, I think Nate Diaz is pretty happy with it too. Well, I mean, he wants, he, he wants it for the right price. Like he says, I'll oh, do it. You know what I mean? And to be fair, when they showed uh, Nate on the cameras, it was the biggest cheer of the night. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. 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 So um, that was one announcement, but it was funny in between um, after the Cruz Faber fight, they showed the promo for UFC 200. Yes. Then right at the very end, had Brock Lesnar saying something I already said. Uh, can you see it. me now? Yeah. Can you see me now? Yeah. And when I was watching it, uh, you see straight away they cut to Rogan and Goldie. Yeah. And look at him like, man, Rogan's trying his best to pretend he doesn't know what's going on here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he swears that he had no idea. So he saw that and he's gone, holy shit. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. So apparently his reaction was real. Okay. Oh, well, Goldie looked giddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they needed to show them that much. And the other thing yeah. I noticed was they're on the cheap seats. Like, give them a nice chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're there for a good couple yeah. of hours. Yeah. But anyway, um, with the Brock announcement, I thought it was the rumors were there a week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, especially when Mark Hunt came out and said, I've been told to keep ready. For yeah, 200. I think goes, that was before. Okay. Like that was about two weeks before. Like yeah. any sort of hint of Brock coming back was was being floated around. But um, because I was looking on the, uh, uh, keep up to correct state with underground and shit like that. It's a couple of forums, um, and there was one dude who was saying, um, I can't confirm it, but a friend of mine who works with so and so said that Brock Lesnar's going to be at UFC 200, and it was yeah. dude, no name, no one knows him, yeah. few posts. And I was like, yeah, whatever, fucking, yeah. Of course. Cool yeah. thread, man. <laughs> <laughs> and 
here we go. Turns out he's true. I mean, but I, I don't know if he started 200 other threads saying that Fedor was fighting Hickson or something. So <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So the, the, that's not a floating around, but it was before that when um, uh, someone contact no, Mark Hunt's manager confirmed with one of the reporters that yep. he's been told to stay ready for 200. Yeah. And so everyone's like, yeah, well, Kane's fragile. So, you know, which could be true as well. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and probably not, um, th- that's probably not a smokescreen either. Yeah. It probably is, um, be ready for this anyway. Yeah. In the back of their mind, they've got the Brock deal. Going. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it was always, it seemed like it was always going to be Hunt because of that rumor that was going around. Yeah. Or it was going to be Fedor because of him coming out and saying that he's been signed to a fight pass agreement. Yeah. When, I mean, they're not going to announce that until it's on paper. And dealing with the Russians, if it was on paper, you're still not sure until the day. But, okay, just on that, though, isn't Hunt versus Fedor is almost wasted in the States? Yeah, yeah. You think that's that fight's got to happen in Japan? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, that's just what I think. So, what do you make of uh, the the big Brock announcement and the fact that he is still under contract to the WWE? I think it's incredibly interesting. And I mean, if you listen to Brock, I think I posted on our Twitter or Facebook uh, interview uh, Paul Heyman, who's a direct yeah. character and very close friends with him on screen yeah. and off screen. Yeah, has like a little segment. And yeah, so if you check out Facebook, I put on there. But um, it seems like they're preparing on the WWE end for that transfer of fans from wrestling to uh, the Octagon. So yeah. they're um, sort of putting aside the... or the... They're still trying to think that they're competing with each other. Yeah, yeah. They notice yeah. that there is a lot of crossover of fans. Yeah. They are the same people that will, will watch both. Yeah, and they're, they're full on putting the kibosh on suspension of belief and reality yeah. with that, that world and saying, all right, and it was an honest uh, interview with him saying, this is why I want to do it. You know, it's unfinished. Well, they've had Rousey at WrestleMania before. Yeah, she's a huge wrestling fan. Huge yeah. wrestling fan. I mean, well, her she, and her four horsewomen who haven't won a fight since. So. Rowdy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Which you know, I'm still disappointed she didn't come out to bagpipes in Melbourne. But Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, so is it? do you think there is anything to the rumors that there could be a buyout? Um, yeah, there definitely is because um, it was already reported as being confirmed like ages ago, might have been 2010 or something, when... Shane McMahon was trying to buy UFC yeah. with some Chinese conglomerate or something. And apparently there's three people who are in the sort of discussion. Discussion, like the, we wouldn't call it advanced, but you'd say tending interest yep. um, for it. And it's, um, if we look at the Fertitas, I mean, you don't know, I don't know except what I've read, but yep. they are going casinos. So I know casinos. <laughs> if you've heard our gaming podcast, we have one coming out soon. Um, yeah, I know casinos and they're ruthless. So yeah, they're going for the, the best dollar. And um, so I reckon there could be some cross promotion there, but it also could be from the WWE end if it's in their best interest to have that market as well because yeah. they saturate an entire sort of um, you got the like home and away aspect of of um, wrestling and you've got the hard corners well, of of the UFC. Well, wrestling's always been the you know the the, the circus statement. You know we got something for everyone. Yeah. Um, so this is just something yeah. else, really. And they've they've dipped their toe in it, you know, more yeah. than one occasion. Yeah, and I think one thing that comes down to as well is that a lot of people who were in WWE were legitimate high school wrestlers. Yeah. So, and back when they were graduating, there wasn't a UFC to go to. Yeah. And so what is a, a trained... Because wrestling still is a martial art of yeah. sorts, you know what I mean? Oh, no, it is. It's, it's the original art. martial yeah. art. Yeah, so what do they do if, if well, there's nowhere to compete? Exactly. What, you know? One, you coach... Two, yeah. you go professional. Yeah. So a lot of those people who are in WWE probably would have been in the UFC had they not, uh, had it been around when they were graduating. Interesting you bring that up because there's uh, just a little sidetrack here. Um, 
that I don't know if you know this already, but I only just found it out the last couple of days. And I thought it was fascinating. Um, obviously, the passing of Kimbo Slice and people have been yeah. um, looking at his past and with the UFC and out of it and all that kind of stuff. And his uh, introduction to the UFC was through The Ultimate Fighter yep. Season 10, yeah. which was a massive thing at the time. He wasn't the only big name that was asked to compete in Season 10. Really? Did you know this? Uh, don't off the top of my head, but if you say it, I'll probably remember it. The UFC um, actually asked, and he accepted, Kurt Angle. Really? For you, for Season 10. Wow. A fighter. Didn't pass the physical. Oh, he's so, got a fucked up heart or something? Neck, neck, neck. and back. That's and I, right, I yeah. Think he's yeah. had painkillers through his life. Yeah. But just imagine that if you had Kimbo... And I don't know if it was yeah. instead of Kimbo or yeah. Kimbo and Kurt Angle Fucking in the one season. Um, Kurt Angle would have fucked him up good and proper. Yeah, it would have been close. <laughs> but it, that would have been his introduction into the UFC. Yeah, because uh, I think it was you telling me that Kurt Angle and Brock had a wrestling match behind closed uh, doors. Apparently, and I've heard, um, I think it was in a couple of different um, biographies um, that have come out from wrestlers, but word got around that Brock had said he could beat Kurt Angle now. Yeah. Um, Brock never said it. Nobody's ever said that Brock actually said it. Right. But they were the rumours, and that yeah. was good enough. Yeah. So Kurt apparently came to him one day and said, right, you reckon you can still beat me, huh? Even though you're in a different division. I'm like, two weeks. you got two weeks, I'm going to wrestle. Damn. And so they had a legitimate amateur wrestling match. Yeah. And uh, from everybody, and I think even Brock has said, you, they found out what the difference is between a collegiate wrestler and an Olympic wrestler. Yeah. Because it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, Kurt was just that good. Yeah. But anyway... Um, it would have been interesting if he, because he's always flirted with the idea of going to um, mixed martial arts, and now yeah. he's just too old. Yeah, um, unless he wants to fight Shamrock. Yeah, and that was the funny thing about that episode, that season of Tough. Um, actually, I, I watched a remember episode of one of the Fight Pass or something that Rogan does, and Shaw because Shaw was on that. T- told the Kimbo two. story, the Kimbo story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about our peoples. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't Fantastic heard it, story. yeah. I would repeat it, but I'll butcher it. So it's been passed around everywhere yeah. since uh, Kimbo died. Check it up on YouTube. Check out Shaw talking about Kimbo Slice. Yeah, you'll yeah. be the first hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just since we're going off on tangents, the other funny thing I found: um, Did you know that Herb Dean was in a movie? No, a Canadian independent oh, movie. Yes, hang on. No, 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 no. Called Monsters Brawl. Oh wow! It is as horrible as I'm about to make it sound. I've only watched the trailer, Jesus. and it looks fantastic. <laughs> it's uh. A, a wrestling slash martial arts tournament between yep. like Cyclops, holy uh, shit, Frankenstein, <laughs> the werewolf, so all those old. Yeah, so it's just hockey, <laughs> hokey, um, you know, yeah. horror slash comedy. Dave Foley is the announcer. Jesus, it's got Christ. Kevin Nash in it, and Herb Dean's the referee. Oh my god, as Herb Dean. <laughs> Even like in the trailer, you see him walking down a smoke-filled graveyard. Just like he walks in the ring, you know, just that nonchalant, man, nothing's going on. It's <laughs> happening, guys. Herb Dean. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could have got a role in that uh, movie with uh, Cyborg and Holly Holm and Misha and whatever the yeah. fuck it was. looked horrible. I, I, like, the thing is, I would have given it a go until I saw the cover or the post or whatever. <laughs> and when when you can't even make that look interesting, it's like, 
I can't. Monster can't Brawl is it. exactly the same. I think it's uh, like on 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but there's definitely like a, a threshold where it gets so shit it comes good again. It could be, yeah. So, I, I think it's a cult status, it might be. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance, Monsters Brawl, look it up on uh, for <laughs> the, 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 the trailer, at least. Actually, there's videos on YouTube of Herb when he was actually a mixed martial artist yeah. fighting an octagon, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Because, I mean, he looks like a chilled out fucker. It looks like he should be, I don't know, selling Rogan weed or something. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Um, so, on top of all the announcements and the excellent card that was UFC 199 and the card coming in UFC 200, which is the most stacked card of all time. That's, that's ridiculous. How stupid is it that Ariel Hawani was a story? Yeah, that's the other thing that, yeah, I think I got sidetracked. When, yeah, the I, Brock, when the Brock announcement happened, do you remember when Dana White wasn't there to put the belt on Dominic Cruz? He was, yeah. He was actually personally kicking Ariel, uh, he, a photographer, and someone else out. Esther, I think her, her name was. Yeah, Esther Lou or something yeah, like that. She's like, like a renowned yeah. MMA photographer. Yeah. Like Everyone loves her. Apparently, she's the best in the biz yeah. for uh, photojournalism for yeah. MMA. And Ariel is the best in the biz for the written word. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's the most, he's has the most output yeah. of MMA journalists that you see. And um, ethically, a lot of what he says is correct. Yeah, I guess it's rare that something's wrong. It's yeah. like whenever you hear, and mixed martial arts has rumors like yeah. any other yeah. um, business or sport. Yeah. And you go, well, has Ariel confirmed it? Like, exactly. That's what we yeah. know. Um, yeah. We heard a couple of days ago that Aldo was. <laughs> yeah. We, we looked at Front Row Brian's Twitter, and then we checked with uh, Ariel to see if it's real. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, it, so the band's been overturned, which, yeah. which I thought was surprising because. Uh, Zufa is not known to back down. Well, I did too until I was following um, the. I think she might have been the World News or on Reddit or News on Reddit, one right. of their subreddits or journalism or whatever it was. But they actually made uh, whatever the front page was yeah. with journalists talking about um, a, a media person, not necessarily Ariel as as a person, but yep. as a journalist getting evicted for reporting the story job. for doing his job too good, too good. Yeah, and the Associated Press picked up the story and apparently was on Around the Horn on ESPN, but yep. not as like, Mixed Martial Arts usually gets the last two minutes, hey, look at this freak show. ESPN has been known not to like Mixed Martial Arts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're warming to it now, but still, um, when a, a, a show like that makes it, you know, probably top end of their yeah. of their segments, it's important. And it's because it seems like there's, there's two things that piss journalists off, and that's someone telling them, what they can't say, mm-hmm. and someone copying what they did say. Yeah. So two of those things, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you lay on, journalists will band together and do that. Yep. And so there was already talk with the online MMA press um, boycotting um, promotional work for UFC 200 yep. up until the event, yep. which, I mean, look at what they've just done, all these announcements, how much money they spent. So um, it seems reasonable that with those threats hanging in the air, someone who is of more cool head in Zufa yep. has come down and said, hey, look, and, just... And that's the words that Ariel actually used, wasn't it? He said, I hope cooler heads prevail. Yeah. And that was almost immediately after it happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just such a bad move because they had all those announcements and they still hadn't announced who Brock was fighting. Yeah. And uh, I saw so much conversation about Ariel. Yeah. Um, which is just a bad move from from the UFC. And the thing is, Ariel, it's not the first thing that he's leaked because he's a trusted journalist. And yeah. so people telling things because not like trusted as in if they're going to tell him something that he's not going to he's not going to um, tell anyone. But trusted as in if he says something, it's true. He doesn't yeah. make shit up. So there was obviously a little bit of uh, 
animosity there already because he's been talking to fighters about unionizing and, yeah. and the Reebok deal yeah. and all that kind of shit. So this is their chance. But yeah. like, he didn't confirm it. He said, uh, rumored that it's going to be announced tonight. Yep. Which, you know, even he wasn't sure enough to say it's going to happen. Yeah. But I sort of thought that Brock was going to fight Mark yep. Hunt anyway. Like, yeah. I, I knew it from a week or so ago. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was out of the blue and he ruined everything. Yeah, and the thing is, when you look at the UFC, how many staff they've got, how many people they've got under yeah. their umbrella, plus all the fighters, plus the fighters' trainers, friends, yep. whatever, shit gets out because people know about it. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to control it all, all the time. And the thing is, if they hadn't have kicked Ariel out, like every other time he's leaked something or been the first to scoop something, no one talked about Ariel. They talked about that happening or whatever it was. They weren't saying, like, oh yep. my God, Ariel scooped this. They just said whatever Ariel scooped. Yep. And so... It was always a, a buzz creator for the UFC. So it seems like you shoot yourself in the foot. First question was asked at the press conference. Exactly. And, and the thing is, because I was watching, I was keeping an eye on Twitter. Like, yep. they would have saw our outburst on Twitter for MMA because it was a good card and shit. Yep. That was me. Um, so I was following afterwards because I, I saw that Ariel had been evicted. Hey, I put the poll up that four people answered. Yeah, hey, that, was, that, was, that was a good effort too. <laughs> and we got it right. <laughs> when, the, when the fatal rumors came out, I was like, oh shit, maybe, maybe we've missed a trick there. It's always going to be Mark Hunt. So, um, yeah, when, when um, it happened, in between the presser, which is usually about half hour, 45 minutes, the big car like this was nearly an hour because all the post-fight interviews yeah. and shit back, backstage. Um, there were lots of uh, correspondence between the actual journalists who were going to be in the press conference yeah. over Twitter about what yeah. people were going to do. And so it was always, everyone was like, all right, first question is going to be about Ariel being evicted. Well, not Ariel, but a journalist being yeah. evicted. Or journalists. Journalists, yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. you know, as much as they talk over Twitter, they're like, they are gossiping little sons of Exactly bitches. right. That's their job. Exactly. So yep. it would have been everything. That would, I guarantee yeah. the 40 or so journalists yeah. in the room knew exactly mm. what the first question was be and who was going to ask it. Yeah. And the thing is, for, for Ariel leaking something like that, like Ariel is not a mainstream journalist. No. He's a, this is what he does. He's a known mixed martial arts journalist. Yeah. So the only people who are going to get onto that scoop are the hardcore fans that have got their nose to the ground or checking yeah. on Reddit while watching that UFC, they're your hardcore fans. You've already got them, right? You're not going to lose them. So the casual fan is still fucking surprised to them. So it seems like the well, it seems like the business for the sake of being business without realizing that there's value in in people being inside that little like veil. I, said, I thought the rumors were there two weeks earlier, or maybe a week earlier, whatever yeah. it was. Well, definitely before the card, I said, you know, the rumors are that too. Mark Hunt's getting he, ready for. He, he got put up on the UFC website, so yeah. Um, so that was a little bit uh, yeah. clever. Um, when the announcement came, I still rewound it and said, oh, look at how great was that. Yeah. I watched it again. Yeah, exactly. So it meant nothing. It yeah. made no difference that I nope. knew it was out there. Yeah. Um, still loved it. It's like knowing that there's a twist at the end of Saw. Exactly. When it came along, yep. it was still great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it does uh, made people forget about McGregor very quickly too, yeah, didn't it? exactly. And I mean, we, when you look at how much buzz this is going to create, it does kind of dwarf McGregor from the baseline standard where McGregor has yep. worked hard to get to where he's got. Brock walks in here straight away with like six billion fans yeah. or something stupid like that. Um, there is, I don't think literally there is a bigger name they could have announced. Yeah, no. Um, realistically. I mean, no, unrealistically, there are bigger names, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, even if Rousey was coming back, yeah. not as big as Brock. Exactly. And, and this is one interesting thing that, um, well, yeah, uh, lead into it is that for the old school fans, it's fatal. Yep. You know what I mean? But after where he's at now, you know, he's fighting cans. It's yep. not that interesting. And that's one thing that if you look on the forums, people have been crediting Brock for is that 
he comes back and he fights the best from yep. the beginning to the end. When he first went into mixed martial arts, he's or like, into the USA. Yeah, the USA. Yeah, I mean, he's like, Frank I'm not fucking Kansas. Mia. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he was coming off being champion for a little while. Um, he, he comes back and he's not going to fight some touch-up fight or yep. what fights. He's fighting Mark Hunt. Like, yep. and it was funny people saying that it's going to be interesting for the casual WWE fans who look up Mark Hunt. Yep. You're like, who's this fat bastard? Fat Samoan who's five foot ten. 12 and 10 in, in mixed martial arts. <laughs> He's like, what a kid. 42 years old. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 42 years old, just reaching his prime. <laughs> <laughs> just signed a new contract. Yeah. I think he's done some professional wrestling in, in Japan. I think he has, yeah, it yeah. surprise me. Japan love him. And uh, the other thing I thought about when this was announced was that there is one guy, I don't know who the happiest guy in the world about this announcement is. It's, um, you know, Japan is the home of the super fan. Right. And Mark Hunt has his own super fan in Japan yeah. called Hassi. Hassie. And Hassie's other uh, love is Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So the, the poor dude, he's like, um, uh, you know, the, the parents of the two brothers that are fighting. <laughs> yeah. <essentially>. yeah. <laughs> so I, wonder, I hope he's got a ticket ringside. Oh, I just can't wait for the artwork to start coming out. It's like <laughs> quasi-scary, fascinating um, Japanese. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a, a really interesting card. Um, yeah. And just, just as interesting to see what happens afterwards. Exactly, yeah. And, and there's so many things, interesting things taking shape around the UFC. It's good to see that it's not as one-dimensional as... I mean, it was good that they had someone like Connor to carry them through a bit of a time where not much was happening and, and things got a bit well, stagnant. Connor was happening. Yeah, actually, Connor got them through the post... Uh, you started drug testing the era where people yep. were recalibrating their uh, supplements. Yep. And also through the period where... Rousey's disappeared. Rousey's disappeared, yeah. And now they've got a lot of things happening, a lot of different yep. leads happening. Um, well, I mean, UFC 200's coming around. We've got John Jones is fighting. Yeah. Like his second fight back. He's had his tune-up fight. I mean, <laughs> and this is the fight that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Well, it's only just been, you know, announced. Yeah. But, I mean... Like I said, we'll go through this card when it gets closer to, to the actual date. Yes. Yeah. We'll know that people haven't pulled out by then. Exactly. It's still got a month to go, so that's why I won't do the right. But we're talking about this card a month out, and we're yeah. excited about it. I mean, if you go, uh, what is it, 12 or 13 fights on the card, I mean, um, G- Jim Miller is kicking off against Takaromi Gomi. Yeah. That's Jim the first Miller fucking fight. Gomi are kicking, are kick, kicking the dust off the octagon. That's the first fucking like, fight. Fucking hell. Like... Like, to think you're actually going down from there. I think it's not the worst fight on the card either. That could be, like, a, a, a final fight in their featherweight pride tournament or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's an amazing fight. I'll be excited for that fight. Yeah. It's the first fucking fight. And the next fight? Hey, Lozon Sanchez. <laughs> like, Joe Lozon versus Diego Sanchez. Wow. Fucking hell. Two guys that don't know how to... Actually, Lozon's had a couple of boring fights. Um, in the last couple of years, but yeah. not against Diego Sanchez. He's, he's had more good fights, yeah. 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 Diego Sanchez is uh, he's built with a very simple motherboard. It does one thing, goes forward and it swings bombs. I mean, literally there's... Okay, now there is one probably fight that doesn't belong on the card. Do you, you reckon? I, I mean, Sage Northcote isn't really yeah, nah. to this standard. I mean, he's certainly got a lot of interest... Yeah, but um, did you actually? No, we'll cover that off when we get to USC two hundred. But um, is there, without a doubt, the best card we've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, I don't think it'd be argued. Yeah, and for reasons that I didn't suspect as well, I like yeah. that there's been a few curveballs. Yeah, because remember, maybe about six weeks ago, or maybe two months ago, Dana White said two hundred will blow your mind. Yep. Yeah. And didn't say anything else after it. Copped a lot of shit about that because people were pulling out injuries. Yeah. It was like, oh, blow your mind, huh? Yeah, blow yeah. your mind. Yeah, fucking one and nine's a way better card. Uh-uh, wrong. Wrong. 
Wrong. Yep. And, and even when, you know, uh, McGregor's sitting back saying, you know, you can't do it without yep. me. Yeah. Like, well, we're going to. And like, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Th- this card's looking bad. And yeah. Then, all right. I'll throw in Johnny Jones in there. Exactly. Right? You don't like that? Yeah. He's fucking Brock Lesnar and Mark Hunt. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, fucking Velasquez and Mark. Uh, Velasquez and Travis Brown, Brown before that as well. We're like, holy shit. Gagard Musasi's fighting on the fucking Yeah. And, and one interesting thing is that AKA have trouble holding on to belts lately. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> be interesting to see if DC goes back there with a the belt. He might feel like, you know, a bit embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and even before this card happens, I think next card is a fight night. You've got Dos Anjos versus Eddie Alvarez yep. for the belt, which would be interesting. Not interesting the rest of the card, but yeah, yeah it should, be, say, should be a good it, fight. A Eddie Alvarez was. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Strikeforce, not a champion, but he was fighting the Strikeforce really good and a bit old now, but he's put on a couple of good fights. One of them wasn't so good because he got poked in the eye, but he's still a good stand-up fighter. Just I know I should smash him, but one other interesting thing for that division is that there's been, I think it's been pretty sure it's been confirmed that GSP started training with Jake Shields. Okay. Which is interesting because mm. remember they had a rivalry for a fair while. A long time. Yeah. But I mean, Jake Shields is legit. I'm going to say that they're. Jiu-jitsu, so. Yeah. You're not talking um, no slouches yeah. either, either way. So this could be one other thing for the future of the worldweight division if GSC, GSP comes back. Because, I mean, Lawler's starting to clean house there too. So that could use a mix up like that. He's getting there. I mean, he's. I saw he was talking about uh, McGregor as well yeah. in a recent interview, which, you know, I don't think he needs to. But, I mean, you can only no. answer, the, answer the questions you're asked. Yeah. You just got to wait for El Kukui to get up there. God, let's. Uh, and Numa get off. Yeah, Numa get off. It's going to be a killer. If you can string a few fights together. And, yeah. Yeah. Geez, that's a good. <laughs> Some real stacked divisions that around. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we're not going to talk any more about UFC 200 because um, we'll yeah. talk closer to the date. But yeah, A lot uh, of things will change in between now and, and then. Guarantee it's, it's got me very excited. Yeah. It? Like I said, it's going to be the biggest card of all time yep. without any uh, hyperbole. All right, that'll do us for a little bit of mixed martial arts and UFC talk. All right, hope you enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.